Welcome to Service Sharp. This is a podcast all about service now. We'll be talking strategy, architecture, technology, and everything service now. This podcast is not affiliated with service now. The opinions expressed are our own. We're just people that are very passionate about the platform. Join us for every episode. All right. Uh, welcome back. This is uh, Jason Gibson uh, with uh, Service Sharp. With me is uh, Brett Peters and Justin Claspel. We are talking today about things that uh, we uh, like and don't like about ServiceNow. Um, so this will be a fun conversation. Um, and I think the first topic we're going to talk about is the way they do contracting. Um, so, uh, Randy, what do you what do you think about how they do contracting? I just think that they should expand. I guess it wouldn't be really things we don't like, but things that they can improve. Um, but I, I, I think that they could expand their reach into smaller businesses and, um, you know, give them opportunities to use the tools and um, and grow uh, rather than restricting it basically to the companies that have a huge, huge budget. I mean, I understand why they're doing that, but uh, I think that there's a quite a bit of money to be made by um, – by going ahead and opening up part of the part of the base software to smaller companies, making it more accessible. Yeah, and they had the Express that the Express wasn't very successful because they said it had too high a support cost. But you know, it, if if they came out with a you know a light version or just the ITSM standard version uh, and gave it at a reasonable price to small to, to I guess what is a revenue base. So if a small company didn't have a lot of money that and it would be the initial plus the licensing, right? All right, but have to relabel it. it like it couldn't even be because yeah. again, the you know every time somebody would Google or the community or. Well, like that's probably what part of the problem with Express was, you know, you Google something and you go to a community site and then they try to do an Express and they don't have permissions or can't even access the page or whatever. Yeah, it'd have to be, they'd have to like market it some, instead of service. some different way, like you're saying. I think they'd also, but it would expand their customer base because they would get a lot of these other, maybe not-for-profit, um, or nonprofit organizations that could do use it, or s- smaller companies that are not, you know, Fortune 500 companies. Yeah, I mean, my 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 wife works for a company that has, you know, a couple hundred employees, and they are a nonprofit, and they couldn't afford it. You know, and and I just hate seeing that because there are organizations that could benefit so much from having service now um, that it just you just want you just kind of feel for it because you want you want to say well go get service now and it can solve the problems you're having um, but they can't. Uh, I think that there's you know kind of an interesting use case with enabling small businesses to be part of the ecosystem. Um, just so that they can more easily consume the services of the larger companies that are that are paying the bulk of the fees to service now, you know, um, it, basically opening it up in order to provide more value to their bigger customers. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, on the yeah. thing, uh, I, I don't know if I'm, I don't think I mentioned it anyway, but like the, the base edition being basically just the task table and it's, cause I mean, it's pretty well set up, right? Task. So you couldn't do much with it, but you could consume, let's say store apps. So like the COVID uh, stuff that they had recently where they made the tracking, right? Like a right. lot of people can't use that because, well, you don't have service now, but if you had a cheap or even, I doubt free would work, but a cheap addition you could get with only tasks plus use store apps or I mean, that's probably not a very good answer because then you're stripping it down even more. But, but that, that, is a, that is an interesting well, I mean, idea how you could get like a basic version where you could just install whatever app you wanted. So from the app store, you could install the, the COVID app and just be running the COVID app and that'd be one price, like an a la carte. I mean, that's I know it's kind of a la carte now, but it's all a, a la carte plus a giant fee. Yeah. <laughs> well, think about the billions of dollars that could be made or used in in a more productive way by creating a unified supply chain fabric, like making it to where if your vendor is using ServiceNow, you can have an instance of ServiceNow and then your supply chain all flows through that, all the tracking. So everything is, is way, way more efficient, meaning that you have more money to grow, to buy more ServiceNow licenses or to you know, add, you know, add more value and, and bring more things in. I just think that it's such a great ecosystem that, that making it, you know, giving it kind of, you know, Microsoft has even come around to open source mm-hmm. you know, part of their stuff. So, um, you know, making it to where it can be integrated with either integrated with much, much easier for smaller companies to where they can connect in, use some of the power on their side or creating some sort of light interface like you guys are talking about. Right. I mean, yep. the, the the question is like Microsoft, right? So I know that um, some of the lar- larger organizations I've worked with have huge Microsoft bills. I mean, they're huge Microsoft bills. But I also know companies that are smaller that don't. So right. it, and it's, those are, it's the those same the, kind of thought process, isn't it? Yep. And those are probably the same companies that would benefit from using the service now. Well, I mean, yeah, look Light at, or whatever you want to call it. Look, look at my company. Uh, we use Office 365 and for everything on our side. And we've got the same power uh, available to us as some of the larger companies. But if we're just a smaller company, so we're paying a smaller fee because it's a per user fee. Um, and we can do some really high-powered add-ons for a lot more money as well, but we really don't need them. Um, but we, so there's no way we could even think about having our own ServiceNow instance, even though that's what we do for a living is, is fix ServiceNow problems. Right. So my, my question is, should we, would it be beneficial, you think, to them to go to a per-user licensing? Like, like there's a, you know, a company like uh, my wife has 200 users. That's going to be charged for 200 users. And then you have, like, University of Oklahoma has 10,000 users, and they, they're going to be charged for 10,000 users. W- was Would that make better sense um, as a long-term strategy, do you think? And they kind of already – do that. They kind of do that, but then you also pay for your base. So you yeah, pay yeah. your you pay for your modules, and then you pay for licenses to access those modules. Yeah, it's a balloon payment that you have to do to to get the base. That is the killer. That's the killer right. for everybody. Yeah. 
but I don't know. I mean, I don't know their business model. I don't know no, I don't, how they plan but, on but stuff. But they're not because it's the you the licenses is for ITIL users. I'm talking about a license for every individual user. However, however many actual uh, how many people are in your company? I mean, I got, your your, what you're pointing at though would be like. I'm sure they did the math on this when they. <laughs> When they thought it through. Yeah. No. no, no. Uh, <laughs> from my perspective, like right now, I, I, I mean, how many different fees are they paying for the different accesses I have? Right. right? So I, they so, don't. I mean, they've not got- only do they pay my base fee, but then they pay the my access to the module as well, right? They do kind of have the same problem that Microsoft has going on where it's like almost impossible to know what the heck you're supposed to be paying for. <laughs> well, that, yeah. Yeah, that is a fun one too. I went through an audit myself with, with and, and well, I call it an audit, but it was a renewal. And uh, during the renewal, it's just, it got, it got so complicated and it's like, okay, stop. You know, tell me the basic criteria. And I had to go figure it out. And then I had to take it to them and go, no, you're wrong because of this. And, you know, but it was, it, it's one of those things, man. It's, it's, it's tough. Yep. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to licensing on almost any big software like that, it's kind of tough. Even when, even with Microsoft, it's tough. I mean, <laughs> Adobe, what was that one that we got audited for? Uh, Crystal reports. That one was a fun one too. You're missing the hardest one. It shouldn't even exist. Oracle. Oh yeah, Oracle's Oracle. fun. Oh, Oracle. that is like that is like that is like going to the proctologist. Yeah, it was it was extortion. <laughs> so, I think I think that they have racketeering laws for stuff like that. Right. Yeah. It's now with every module enabled and turned on, and if any single user ever touched it, you'd be charged the module for that. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically one one license key allowed you to turn anything on, even if you were licensed for it. And there was like a one warning prompt is like basically, hey, you sold your soul to the devil. If you click yes, you agree. And of course, everybody's like, yeah, because I don't read these things. (laughs) Yep. I don't even pay it. Right. Right. And then. No. Then when they have a bad quarter, they go, let's audit some people. Salesman <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> needs a new house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make my boat payment this month. Let's yeah, come on. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay, so they are, obviously they don't have the worst setup since. since no. Uh, no, 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 no. No, I think uh, in I, general that, you know, they've, they've tried to be fair to the customers that they are going after. It's just that um, I would like to see them explore targeting you know, a product for the lower end market to allow there to be a uniform ecosystem to form, you know? Yeah. The reason why, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Reason why worldwide commerce works as well as it does is because there's just a couple of different systems that everybody kind of knows that how to work with that are very, very universal. You know, you're either on Linux or you're on Microsoft, you know what I mean? As a, as a, well, and I was wondering with Bill McDermott, with Bill McDermott, right, Dermot, with the new CEO of, of ServiceNow, I was thinking that there would be some changes in that way, but I haven't seen any yet. No, well, I mean, um, not really. Been, all the good news well, they've had lately is really not his doing. It's the previous gentleman who's just kind of. I think it's wise when you're a new CEO not to rock the boat right away, especially right when you when you start right in the before pandemic. 
I right, talk yeah. to some of the CEOs I've I've worked for. Huh? Can you talk to some of the C- CEOs I've worked for because they usually yeah. rock the boat the first two days they're in. Well, there's a there's a problem with leadership, and that is most leadership roles come with an ego. Yes, <laughs> and that ego says I've got to make my mark as soon as I get there, and the a good leader wants to get to know why the company's being successful or unsuccessful before they start moving pieces around. Right. Let's see. What was that video I saw the other day? There's a difference between a boss and a leader. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most people are bosses. There's not a lot of leaders, but there's a lot of bosses. Yep. Can you make two red lines with a blue pen? (laughs) I love that video. That's such a good movie. Uh, Anyone is, who's listening to this who has not, what does yeah. anybody know the name of that? Yeah, I think it's the two, two red lines. Maybe. I don't know. I'll, I'll put it in the, uh, I'll put a link to it in the in the show notes. That's uh, great. Great video go. for general project uh, flow or management, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, as far as the expert, that's the name of it. The yeah, the expert. Yeah. <laughs> Seven red lines, all completely perpendicular. Yes. <laughs> and a couple of them be blue, maybe a green one. And, and one with transparent ink. Yeah. Wow. But they all have to be red. Yeah. Well, they need to be red, but drawn. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So one of the things we wanted, uh, we, we see not a wish list. It's like Randy said, it's more of a, oh, how'd you put it? Because I don't want to, I don't want this to sound like we were complaining about anything. No, um, no, not at all. I mean, we're, just, we're all in on service now. So anybody who's ever listened to us knows we're all in on service now. Yeah. So. Is there anything else that we, you know, would like to see? That I would like of? there to be more access, even even more. I and mean, they have a lot of access, but I'd like even more access to the underlying uh, infrastructure, like the. I don't know if they should give us actual Java access. I imagine more people would screw that up than would be helpful. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the way they have it running on their servers may not even allow that. Uh, I, you know, I don't know how they have it running. But uh, some of the some of the locked away globals, right? Uh, I would like either, not necessarily edit the global, but at least let me choose a replacement or a... a uh, well, they have replacement. I can't think of a better word. Like I could clone it, right? Yeah, let me, let me, yeah, clone it, and let me choose that to be the current active one or something. You know, like, like, not over like you do with widgets over. in the service portal. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's very annoying for some. Like you'll run into issues of uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, now that I want to, of course. I know. I was. I, I've thought. I've ran into several where, oh no, you can't change that functionality because it's written. Uh, in code that you can't touch. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can't even see this stuff. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know why it's working. That ends up it ends up being a high ticket, and they usually figure it out for us. I and mean, it's not like the end of the world, but I like to be in control of what I can do in service now a little more. Um, but you know, that's, that's super rare. That's, so anyone listening who's not used service now or had development experience in it, it's a very rare thing that's happened. And there's 
nine times out of 10, a way to work around it. Yes. The time invested to figure out you need to work around it. Right. That's what my actual would be. Yeah. The one of them that I can think of, I can't think exactly what I was doing, but I remember I was in a script include and I kept trying. It was a script include I wrote to do something, but I, every time I, I ran it, something wasn't working right. And I couldn't figure out when I went to the community, found some articles, come find out it was conflicting with something that ServiceNow had, and I couldn't get around it. But it took me, you know, a good time of to find that that's what it was. So, yeah, that's a lot of time that could be saved if I could see what they were doing. Well, and I, I, you know, I would really like to see easier attachment management on the development side. Like I can't do much with the attachments and in, in the way that it, that it is structured. And maybe it's just my inexperience, but things like sending an attachment by email, like I should be able to send the actual attachment, not a link to the attachment, you know? And there's probably a way to do that, but it's probably, I mean, I know there's a way to do that, but it's yeah. a lot more, a lot of intense, not intense, but, you know, well, you say intensive scripting, but it, it's not intense, but ever, but, you know, you know, it's, it's scripting. There should be, you know, and, yeah. and the thing is, it should be easier to interact with the attachments a little bit. That's kind of what I was thinking. I'd like to be able to interact with attachments a little easier. You would like a little checkbox on your yeah. notification that says send attachment, not link. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, yeah. I'm the false flag, right? True false flag on the script. Yeah. Yeah, but you can already yeah. query the att- it's you know there's I don't know if it's called glide attachment. It probably anyway, but there's I a, think it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so there's already ways to work with it. So there probably is a way out there, and we just have to dig through the. It's glide sys attachment. Uh, another thing I would like is, and this one is is a more of a convenience thing because all this all the information is out there. It's just in like seven different pages. Uh, and that would be their release notes. Yeah. When there's yeah. a new version, don't, you know, like I understand you want to have kind of the summary version and then the, the deep dive detailed version, but that, you know, that's why they allow you to have separators on pages and, you know, hyperlinks to move lower in the page or up to the top or whatever. I mean, I used to love the old wiki. I still would go to the old wiki now of, and I know that their new doc site is amazing. If you haven't been to the new doc site, it's great. How could you but not? I love but, the wiki. But I did like the wiki, yes. It's cleaner. It freaking searched faster, and I'm glad I used that word. Uh, it, it, I liked it a lot better. Um, the new one's too SP, single-page app-ish to me, where everything just feels like it's it's pretty, but it just feels slower to me. It may not be. I just feel I it know. feels clunky and slow compared to what the other one was, which was just a doc site without any any color. <laughs> you know, there's red at the top in the logo, and the rest is going to be white and black text. Uh, just very basic, and it just seemed to run fast. I'm sure they, I'm sure that was some sort of organization, that, or maybe they were just trying to get off WordPress, which is kind of what it looked like, or uh, not WordPress uh, media. <laughs> Hell yeah, I did like that. Um, along with what you kind of were talking about earlier, I as a de- developer or not, I'm not a developer, but as a ServiceNow um, 
guru <laughs> developer admin. Uh, it'd be nice to go to these systems that have already had people modifying them and look at the out of the box function functions. And so, you know how the, the, let me put it this way. When you're in a service portal, you can't overwrite a widget that was out of the box. It's read only. You have to make a copy and then use the copy. Right. I wish the out of the box scripts that were in like business rules and client scripts, that kind of stuff were the same way. Yeah, me too. So that, you know, okay, you started using your version of that. Now it's not working. Let's go back to the out of the box. I, I know you can go back to your history on most of the scripts and revert back and all, but it'd be nice to have the two side by side. Yeah, I, I like that too. Because well, I've had to go clean up some stuff from people, and it's just such easier. A, I will say that my bane of my existence a lot of times is the reporting and I don't know if it's just because my developer mind, I just want to get what I want to get. And, you know, it, it, it ends up being that. But things like reporting on um, surveys is just insanely well, difficult. It should be so much easier to report on surveys. Well, the way they did surveys with three different levels of tables that just yeah. makes it harder to, to report on. You can do it, but it is a lot harder. Like you said, it should be a lot simpler. I want to add that where they'll have like the ability for you to kind of see like what they consider a top level yep. table, and then it just automatically knows, hey, these are two two related tables that are kind of like a database like, view. Trying to do something in the CMDB, right? Like right. A billion a billion tables, but <laughs> you also have the just the base. Uh, CI table that technically has a little bit. It's like the task table, you know. It's got just a little right, bit. but it's also yeah, yep. Yeah, it has everything else in it. Yeah. Now I can tell you from coming from two other service management tools to ServiceNow, their reporting tool is so much better than any of the other ones that I've ever used. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it's not. A, I'm not saying know, it's a bad but, reporting tool. It, but there it, are some limitations. So, well, and there like, are some limitations for specific things. Right. I would like to be able to do in the reporting, if we're going to go with that, um, add a column that I can do a calculation in. You, you know, right now you you have to do those calculations like in Excel. So I have to export that and then go over now what and you do the calculation. Do performance analytics for. Uh, performance analytics can do some of that, but if I just do want to do a quick report of, you know, here's all of the, I'm trying to think of one that I just did. Here's stories, but I want a percentage of complete off to the side. That is not a field that's in there. It's not something I want to go spend time in performance analytics creating because this is a one-time report that our CEO, CIO wants or whatever. So uh, you could do, you do a here's could you here's do points. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, can, can you do that sort of thing where you can do the subquery inside the? It's not, it's not called a subquery. What do they call it? The related. I get what you're saying though, uh, and I don't. I think what I'm suggesting is actually just going to add another table to pull data. But, yeah, well, I mean, in theory, you might be able to do something like in uh, database views, but you still can't do your own. You know, I want this column to divide, take this column and this column and divide one by the other and get your percentage or whatever you want to do. It'd be nice to be able to do that. Coming from the last tool we had to use, Crystal Reports, 
Um, I could do all that stuff. And in this tool, you're limited to not add your own type of report column, which I can understand it's easier to support it on ServiceNow side. But it just, I mean, if we're, we're thrown out, here's something I'd like. That'd be cool. I wonder if, that, uh, if they're ever going to add any sort of, well, they may already have it. I don't do much with reporting, so I apologize for my ignorance here. Uh, a way to script your report, like pure from pure script, like. Uh, uh, um, let's see, what did they have? Your library's off the top of my head, but there's data. I can't think of it. Hold on. We went, you know, I've had organizations go completely around ServiceNow reporting uh, because they wanted to be able to go do it in, in, in PowerShell or in, uh, in, in, um, oh, in, in, um, oh, uh, now I'm drawing a blank. Now Power BI. Tool. Huh? Power BI. Yes, or Power BI. Chris they want to do it in Power BI, so we just did an integration into Power BI to, to dump it out. But it, the problem is, it just <laughs> you should be going to ServiceNow to report on ServiceNow. You would think so. Uh, Power BI does have a little bit more. I'm not a. I am not jumping on the Power BI bandwagon over ServiceNow, but there are things you can do in Power BI that you cannot do in ServiceNow and performance analytics or reporting. Well, and it goes back to easy use. But and the thing is, if they expand it. out the reporting to include more of those kind yep. of things that Power BI has, I think it would be more usable. It could be yes. Um, Justin, to get along on your script, the reports, they do have custom charts and you can go in and do gen script generated on those custom charts. But that's that's, what I, I was thinking of like uh, the only one that I know of is chart.js, but that's not actually the, there's a bigger one that starts with a D, which probably means it starts with a different letter. <laughs> but uh, my brain works anyway. Just so where I could like script, which I guess I could call that if I do it on a portal, I could just include chart.js anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. You just generate it through code, and then then in that case, you could make every field be. You're just pulling all the data in, and it's more of just a charting slash graph creating image. To, you know, what I mean, that's really all that the library does. Is it? You have a pie chart, you have a bar chart. What do you want all the columns to be? Pass a uh, JSON uh, array to it, and there you go. Yep. Object, not array. Anyway. I knew what you were going with. But again, so. I guess mo you're not really going to do that, I guess, inside the platform anyway. In the platform view, uh, it'll be more in the portal views that you would do. Yep. And again, you could just pull in whatever your favorite... API is for doing the graphing or charting. So I guess I answered my own question on why they don't really bother with that. So I digress. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize to ServiceNow for questioning their wisdom. Never, never, uh, never. It would be nice though. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, you guys are talking about Power BI. Like one of the one of the places I've worked, they do dashboards and they just do an iframe and throw a Power BI report in that iframe. Awesome. Yeah. And so then you have a, but again, now you're separating out, like there's multiple points of failure yet again, because they felt like they had to make that report in Power BI rather yep. than make, and ServiceNow may have been able to do it, but between, I personally feel performance analytics is exceptionally under-documented 
but that may yeah. be my inability to learn with what they have. And, uh, and I think the part, I think the performance analytics now, Brent, you and I have gone to performance analytics classes before uh, workshops and the, and the performance analytics, they should have ITSM should come with performance analytics, the full performance analytics for ITSM. And you want to sell it separate for HR or one of the other modules. I don't know. I, I just think that it would, I think that it people would utilize the reporting engine more and it would just make things uh, more usable and they wouldn't have to spend all this money to export stuff out. Yeah. Uh- but I, I agree with um, Justin, though. Performance analytics is a little bit underdocumented. Yeah. Um, I st- <laughs> we were in the process of buying uh, Mirror 42. I think that's what it was called. And then ServiceNow bought them out and made performance analytics out of them. So whenever I learned it, there was no wizards. There were no GUI. It was you wrote everything out. And... <laughs> So what I learned was uh, how to base use the base system and everything. So there wasn't a lot. Then whenever I started going back in there and trying to figure out how to make the the pretty charts and all this kind of stuff and all, uh, looking up documentation, you know, there is a little lacking in that. Um, they assume you know all the terminology. I will definitely say that. I wonder if part of the problem is also not necessarily performance analytics. Like I keep saying performance analytics, but that's just because I, again, I'm ignorant of reporting in general uh, in service now, but maybe, maybe report reporting is a thing that's under documented. I can maybe. see where you could say that because yeah. yeah, there's not much out there for it's good luck. Here you go. Yeah. I mean the, you follow the new, the new wizard, which I, I grew up on the old wizard. So the new one, it's still taking me time to get used to. <laughs> yeah, the old ones. I'm still away, going so. to the old classic view. <laughs> yeah, when they remove that, I'm going to be in trouble. Um, is it Paris? I think that they're removing it. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me. Seriously? I think so. I maybe I, mean, I misread that. I mean, I thankfully don't do much in. And again, I say thankfully because I just haven't studied it yet. But right. Well, and and you know, honestly, a lot of the admins know it pretty well. Like Kathy knows the reporting engine pretty well because she's had to do it a whole bunch because she's had requests for it, and and so that's definitely an admin task that is done a lot. They requested a lot. Yeah, I like a power user type thing for what I'm familiar with. Somebody learns it real when maybe they knew another. Another thing that's more of a dedicated slash end user is the one that makes them type thing. Yeah. But, well, uh, I should probably spend more time on that. Cause it's definitely one of my, when I get someone with a question on a report, I'm, it, I'm either going to have to reach out to somebody else on the team or uh, I'm going to do a decent amount of research for something that, you know, may <laughs> shouldn't not take you that yeah, long. It feels like it shouldn't, maybe it should, maybe it really is that complicated. Uh, but it just doesn't feel like it should be that complicated. And right. Again, maybe it's just my my mind does not think like a person who does <laughs> reports. Maybe I don't know. Uh, and it, uh, well, you know, it kind of takes some people a different mindset to try to do some of the reporting. But uh, like I said, the last two apps that I did before Service ServiceNow 
required third-party apps to do the reporting and and that required more licenses so they limited who did that so as the admin i did a lot of the reporting so i've just had to do that over the last three apps the last 16 years so okay there's been a couple of times where i've had to do like the 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 joining the tables to actually yeah. join do it to do a right and a left and the, and the database the view database view and yeah i've done some database views i try to stay away from them, but sometimes you have to yeah and they're complicated to do and 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 you got to really understand SQL uh, pretty well to, to do them so you just gotta understand the the join the left join that kind of stuff too yeah, yeah. What data you're going to get if you do a left versus a right, and you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So let's let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Um, talk to our sponsor, and then when we come back, we'll talk about things that we really like about ServiceNow in the design that they've done. Uh, so give us just a couple of minutes, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. This is Jason Gibson, Brent Peters, Justin Classical, and Randy Haas. We are talking about uh, things uh, that uh, that we like about uh, the design of ServiceNow. We just finished talking about things that we would like to see improved. Um, so, guys, I guess I could start off if you'd like. Um, I love how the new um, Angular and Bootstrap widgets and the, how they actually allow you to see the HTML, the CSS, the, the the server side, everything in one view to be able to troubleshoot and to create the app uh, or to create the uh, the widget itself. So I really love that part about ServiceNow. What do you guys think? It made me think of one more thing that I don't like, but uh, <laughs> that I would like to see change. Well, well what was that? Well, let's what would that be? The client scripts. You can't manipulate the DOM anymore. <laughs> no, you can't manipulate the DOM. But I understand why. Well. And yeah, you can. There's ways around that. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I do like the new Angular Bootstrap kind of approach that they're going towards. Uh, it is making the application. How do I put this nicely? It's making it not look like an 80s program anymore <laughs> yeah yeah the portal back back in the day the, the cms view it really is dated um and so the portal does make it a lot really a lot nicer I'd i like learned that i learned that term from my old boss and a team lead Ah uh, yes yeah i don't know who those jokers were but uh, uh <laughs> i usually spoke pretty good wisdom Yes, yes, they did. At least once I'm, or twice a day. I'm I'm not sure they're still like that. They're all on mute. <laughs> yeah, they're all on mute. <laughs> so if you didn't know, they're on the call with us. So the things you like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so moving on. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I got one more. Did they, did they fix the encryption to be default? Or do you still have to... You know the the problem that we ran into where we we wanted to add encryptable fields and it was a real pain in the rear. Yeah, uh, so you can encrypt the fields. It's not that bad. It's when you want to get your whole server encrypted. That's when we ran into issues because they wanted to charge an arm and a leg at the time. Yeah, well, there was the, the the encrypted at rest thing with with the hospital. That was that was an issue. 
Um, I, I'll be honest, the, the, the field encryption, the way it's done is really pretty cool. And the, the way you will just create the context and you give the context to, you know, uh, a, you know, a group of people and you've got it. I mean, that's, that's the, that's really actually kind of neat. Um, the problem is, you know, the, how is the data stored? And from my understanding from talking to ServiceNow is that, you know, that data is, is stored encrypted as well. And it is not in the same place, but the entire server is not, is not stored. Encrypted. Right. And that's where we were running into it at our, at our job that we had together is the security officer wanted the whole thing encrypted for free. I think they only yeah, did well, government at the time, right? Isn't that what it was? They only had a government one and Right, but they were willing to do it for us, but we had to pay for all the hardware and for the extra cost and service and all that stuff too. So it was I'm gonna go on a limb and say they've gotta have another option by now. What what was that? Eureka slash Fuji era? That was um I think Fuji. Geneva, well huh? when did you bail ship? So <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Geneva, end of yeah. So uh, it was about that time. So <laughs> um. <laughs> they might have a better option, but honestly, I don't. I don't know why. So I know several hospitals using it just the way it is, using edge encryption for anything with PHI in it. In 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 that meeting, all the legal requirements for HIPAA and you know all the different requirements that they have. Um, so, I mean, legal requirements versus what you would want your customer to think or know you're doing are two different things, my man. Yeah. I'm not required to cover $100,000 on my car insurance for the other person, but if something happened, I'm sure they would appreciate the fact that I had that option for them. So, this is probably a horrible analogy. (laughs) Horrible analogy. I I get it, yeah. (laughs) Where's their insurance? I mean, don't they have a responsibility too? When you have the whole thing encrypted, like you're taking one more step away where if whatever, somehow somebody physically got a hold of the hard drives, which, I mean, I guess they picked up the whole data center and moved it since I'm sure none of that's in one server rack. Uh, Well, and that's the other thing they were saying is that not, not one... The data is not in one place. It's not yeah. in one drive. So you pull one drive, it's useless. Yeah, well, I think that the issue is that technically you don't have to have data at rest encrypted by HIPAA, but not having it encrypted at rest creates kind of a gray area about whether or not you're liable for data loss or not if something were to happen. Yeah. Yep. And it was just uh, exploratory anyway at the time. I mean, he was right wanted it obviously but it was it didn't you know well and, and, and that's where and that's honestly where baa comes from comes into play you know those business agreements are really important and if you don't ha- if you have a service now instance but don't have a baa with baa with them which is a business um authorization agreement basically it defines who's responsible if something goes horribly wrong uh, service now will find them and you have to negotiate that with them but if you don't have one I would uh, especially if you have sensitive information I would definitely uh, encourage you to draw one up you know yeah yeah because in that at that company they do have one with them yeah 
So. Yeah, and and that's so in, a, in 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 I think most hospitals are used to signing those kind of agreements and probably have them. Um, but you know, you have people that have socks information and you know financial stuff and all kinds of stuff. So if you have any kind of you know regulated information, make sure you've got one. So back to all right, things we like. Yeah, yeah back to the developer like. thing because that's you guys just hopped away from that way too quick. Uh, the widget, or the what do they call? It? What do they call the de- designer? Is that what they call it? That's, yeah, the widget yeah. designer. Uh, yeah. yeah, widget designer. That whole thing, like to me, was a great step toward being developer focused. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I mean, it wasn't perfect by any means, but it was far better than the previous. Uh, attempts at being uh, developer friendly, I guess not focused, but developer friendly. There we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, and then obviously when they had the studio, which I, I believe was out before, well out before that, maybe it came out at the same time. I can't remember. No, it came out before that, but I studio is, is nicer than what they had for the apps before. Yeah, studio it's is getting, pretty amazing. I will say that I would, I would love to see the studio view for the global. Does that make sense? Like, I'd like to be able to, to, to have global, to use Studio to configure global stuff, you know? Can't you do that by just pulling in the table? No, you, no, you can't I, access Studio without access. Studio is stuff. only scoped apps. Scoped apps. I really would like to see Studio in a in global scope. But it's only scoped apps, and global's not scoped, so you can't do that. I know, but I, no. wouldn't it be nice to have everything in there for no. global? No. No. For I agree to... with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I just, come on, man. You've got to agree with me on this one. <laughs> just pushing your buttons. Um, oh, yeah. I've, I, I don't know why, but recently I've really started liking the safe agile that they put in there. It, it works really well, but maybe because the, main company I work with has moved to that and it's made things streamlined on how we do things. So I'm glad they are keeping up with, you know, the, the progression of agile and different project management and that kind of stuff. So they are keeping up with the times of the apps or the, uh, not apps, the processes that people use within it. So, uh, safe is, is I, I, I've really kind of, I don't want to say fell in love with it, but I do like how it works. So, so if you guys yeah. load studio, the next time you load studio and you can start from global, which is called a legacy global application. Okay. Well, you're going to have to walk me through that at a later date, and we will touch and we will get back on the next podcast whether that was successful or not. And, and what version are you on? And and you can add existing files if you don't want to have to create files, and you can choose from update set, a table, or just the name. I mean, you can. Yeah, it's not obviously based on what we just went through. It's not as user uh, or not as uh, obvious, I guess, as or intuitive. I don't, whatever the word I'm trying to think of there is. Uh, as the to do it for a scoped app, like obviously to do a scoped app, that's I think your only option. I don't even know if you can do. I guess you could just create the app and manually add things. That'd be horribly painful. Um, <laughs> it is. It is. I've done it before. Before I before I started using Studio. Yeah, you could, but you can still treat. 
to anyone doing that, by the way, I don't do it often uh, with the global thing. Use an update set, and then you can pull your whole update set. Or if you have multiple, you can still do that. But then you could pull them in when you're editing the global app. Otherwise, it gets super confusing remembering all the bits and pieces for whatever you're moving around. So try to keep it in one update set. So what you're saying is you're willing to, on a future podcast, go over mobile studio or not mobile studio, go over studio with our wonderful audience here. It would be a pleasure at a future date. You bet. All right. All right. (laughs) Look forward to that episode, guys. Well, I I don't really know if they, I think I'm thinking I need to look in and see, do they actually recommend? They might not. Uh, I don't really I mean, all it really does, it's just a view of your up, the, the updates you're making. It's just like another way of viewing an update set, really. It like right. a list on the left and you can just click it easier, I guess. So it's like a live view into your update set is really all it's doing, I think. I don't think there's any sort of configuration that does otherwise. So hmm. maybe they don't care. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we can, we can uh, we do we all can sorts of fun that. stuff in the studio. <laughs> There you go. There you go. All right. So, you know, is there anything else you guys just love the way that this newer stuff, anything that's come out that you think, you know, that was the smart ad? This one's not newer. It's been here, but it's very, I think, unused by people. The syntax editor macro macros. Okay. I really like those because it's a good shortcut that whenever I'm writing a uh, a script, I can put VAR, GR, and hit tab, and it puts in my uh, um, your entire glide record. the glide record script uh, code, and then I can fill in my my um, my stuff. And I use this editor macros all the time in a talking with other people, I don't think very many people use them. So I, I never and use for them. Pe- for people <laughs> who don't know what they are, you can create your own snippet shortcuts. They're little code snippets that you can import by right. typing. So if you're, if you're doing a lot of glide records, you can create one that automatically creates your glide record for you. Um, and then you can fill out the, what the pieces that you need. Uh, and th- yeah, those are, those are awesome. I don't use them enough. I really need to create some more uh, and, and start using them. Again. I use DOC and VR, VARGR all the time. DOC starts the documentation header at the top of your script. So you can document in there and it allows you to put a description of what you're doing, what your parameters are, what you're expecting to return, that kind of stuff. So it kind of starts out the format so that you have your descriptor at the top so you can describe what this script's for. Properly right. formatted documentation. What is this guy? Who is this guy? Get him out. Right. I know, no. I know. And then I I like to I I try to um document what the script's going to do and then when i have like tricky code down in there i put you know a remarked line that says this code is doing blah 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 so that you know i'm i'm old so i forget this stuff so when i get back in there i can say oh that's where i'm doing that okay that's how i did it Uh, that kind of stuff but it's also helps other developers that come in after me so i do the documentation but the vargar the v-a-r-g-r I use that quite often. Anytime I'm going to do a glide record, it saves me from typing. So that's a right. good thing. 
So, yeah, the macro, edit macro, editor macros, that's something I don't think a lot of people use, but it is something I think every admin should look into, at least. I really like it. Every time you've mentioned it in the past, I have told myself, that's amazing and I am going to use it. And I have never, I've never once. Actually, right now, I'm going to change that. I'm going to do it while we're live (laughs) on this little instance, just so I can say I've done it. And as Jason said, you can create your own macros. So you could go in and put, um, you know, an ac- a macro that says Brent and, or whatever you want to name it. And then you put in your code in there that you wanted to put in. So you could, you know, instead of doing the document for your documentation header, you could create one that was yours and it put all your information in there automatically for you. So you don't have to type that out every time. So based on your naming scheme, you're really good at adding documentation to the code, but not necessarily naming the business rule or client script. <laughs> I came up with a generic name. Oh, yes, yes. I you name every file. This rule does on the change table. Mm. Every file that I create, client <laughs> script, business rule, they're all named Brent with a number after them. Yeah, there you go. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. I did. Uh, I I don't do that. I try to be descriptive. But I did find a client script or no a script include the other day that were my initials at the beginning, and I thought I don't remember doing that. It was an out of the box function, and it had oh, my nice. initials on it. I was like, oh. Okay. They built it with you in mind. I mean, you, you're like the granddaddy of service now. There's yeah, going to no. be a lot of those just because best practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do have several that are uh, just titled that. BP. Yeah. So I don't. They're never. They're not active, are they? Or is it act? Was it active? Well, this one had my middle initial in it too. So. Well, now. I'm just <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, macro. Editor, editor macro, I, that's one of the things I really like. It saves me time if I'm in the system coding. So anyone who, uh, since I'm in the system right now fiddling with this, anyone who's actually going to be looking at these in their system, uh, editor macro or the long name, if you're looking in the navigator, is syntax editor macros. Yes. yes. Yep. Under system definition. And, and I don't... Default, there, it looks like there's only six. Yeah. Yes. Yep. But I've created a few create, custom ones. You can ones. create your own, yeah. and they're, they're really great. Oh, yeah. yep. A couple of these are handy. I, I'm i sad I've not used these more often. The <laughs> Var, Vargar or will do a glide record with an or statement in it, too. So that one's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Method. I could see Justin using the method one. Four. That'll be I. Oh yeah. Yep. I, I I've, and it feels like a million letters whenever I can just type four and tab, and I got my whole four. I will have to say I type the four one out every time, and then I'm like, ah, oh, there's a macro for that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then there's some caveats to that. If you put like a dollar zero in your code when it's done with the tab and it's you put in all the macro, it'll put your cursor where the dollar zero is. So it just heads up on that. Okay, that is I'm sold, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, so I sold you on it. You did. Nice. 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 Uh, I will remember this through at least one sleep session. 
I'll remind you next week too. Okay. So yeah, we'll remind you every week until so we need to do a checkup. So if you used it any, oh yeah, I created thirty. Now the real question: Oh, it's not safe doing updates. That is it. Insert no. state, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, so anything else you guys love or like or you know are looking forward to in the next version? It that is will be safe nice. To update sets. Yeah. Which I now need to go move it out of that update set. <laughs> I I think that they they've done a great job partnering with Microsoft and and creating a bunch of links to. Uh, I really love the new Outlook, um, the embedded Outlook. Um, so if you don't know when they came out with Madrid, they they brought out um, basically a uh, it is a button in in my, in the Microsoft Outlook client that you click on and you can create an incident or, or create something in your visual task board. They've also created a, and it, and it doesn't use, you're not emailing it back. You actually have an incident form come up on your screen in your email client. You fill it out and you submit it. So you can gather the data that you want uh, in in order to get an incident created correctly versus what they used to want to do is everybody wants to do an inbound action that creates an incident every time somebody says, you know, incident, right? So, um, so yeah, yeah I'm that old was, school. I love inbound actions. Yeah, I was going to say, it makes it sound like you're not a fan of inbound actions there, Jason. I am not. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of an inbound action that doesn't give you any data to work with. Like, so I can't tell you how many times they're like, oh, well, we just want to turn on one for incident. And the only thing we're going to have it do is create an incident. And the only thing is the user, and you got to call them, and the service desk gets a blank incident without any data. Oh, well, then you don't. That to me. Then at that point, you don't open one. <laughs> inbound action. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of wonderful uses for inbound actions. That's not one of them. There so the, Remember, this is the happy time. So you can, you've got to have at least one positive comment about everything we talk about. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. That's right. So, but the, the, the outlook, it also allows you to do, uh, there's another portion of this that allows you to put a script in your uh, surveys to where you can actually do your surveys in the client. Extremely useful. I really love that feature. And if you haven't turned it on, it is kind of, both of those things have to be configured correctly uh, and it has to be turned on on both the Outlook side and in ServiceNow and it has to be connected, right? I mean, it's like everything else. Um, wait, wait. And you actually have to configure it to make it work? Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, it's not plug and play like, you know, some things are. You actually have to configure it to make it work. I mean, to be fair, even plug and play stuff nowadays requires. Yeah, I was That's sarcastic. <laughs> My yeah. Bluetooth is plug and play, but I then have to connect it first. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. A pin and move it between three feet and six feet. Uh, anyway, uh, so another positive, going back to the positive list here, which you may have already said, but I was totally listening. The uh, ability to do a background script and revert it. Or oh, that, oh, yeah. Amen. amen to that. Yeah. Uh, I, that was added. We did 400 incidents. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, it was another thing. The just delete, uh, restore. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. 
Oh. One of you guys mentioned that the other day. Yeah, the trash the trash can. That yeah. that is called awesome. the trash can. Recycle bin. is de- delete recovery, yeah. Yeah. That's you an can amazing, actually, amazing thing. <laughs> well, it I, is nice. Yeah. Because it restores everything related. So, like, we had somebody delete a PO, which then, of course, deletes P, uh, the line items. And then mm-hmm. rece- I don't remember if it deletes receiving automatically or if you or not i'm sure they clicked yes if it did pop up uh but it'll restore all that stuff just based off when you restore the p it's amazing absolutely amazing i can't remember when they added it. it's been a while if you haven't looked up delete restore restore delete whatever just restore type that in your navigator i'm sure you'll find it yeah but i had a i had a i had a customer call freaking out they're like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do and like okay so what's the problem like, one of my users <laughs> deleted a whole bunch, like two hundred of uh, requests or uh, tasks. I'm like, well, what? What do you mean? Well, they didn't want to see tasks in their inbox or in their in their to do work, so they deleted them all because they just wanted to have the uh, the, the request, and so they deleted all the tasks. See where okay. I where I come from. That would be a two part process to fix. One, we go and we go to the delete restore thing, and we bring them all back, and then two, we submit an HR termination. <laughs> well, yeah. um, then three, step three is take delete rights away from ITIL user. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was another thing. It's like, okay, so why does this particular user have ITIL admin? Yeah, uh, that's, that's one I of the first. <laughs> that'd be one of the first things I would do for almost any process that you're deploying is go look to who can delete and let's limit that. Nobody should be able to delete. I mean, that delete, there should be a very rare time that any, I mean, you can make things inactive. Why very few reasons do I find to give people a lot of delete access? Uh, Based on that, another thing that I, I don't know how it may have been there since Aspen or before, but I just noticed it uh, a couple weeks ago when I was trying to troubleshoot something, the ability to have the role inheritance map, Okay, yeah. That mm-hmm. is, that's been there for a while. It wasn't in Aspen. It, I can tell you that. feature where you, it, you just click on it and you can see how how does this person have this role? Like what is granting it? Is it another role plus a group plus another group? Or yeah, know, I guess I guess that kind of has been there, but not as easy to find now that it, it's – Yeah, well designed, they, yeah. they make it easier. It was, it was absolutely – it made that troubleshooting go much, much quicker. Oh, impersonate. <laughs> oh, yeah, the new impersonate thing where you can actually end it without... Yes, oh, Imper- yeah. impersonate and end. That's nice, too. I'm going to say right now, ServiceNow, thank you. <laughs> that end impersonation thing is awesome because you don't know how many times that I have my name in there twice because, you know, admin and local account and not. And anyway, and you're doing that. And just end impersonation makes it so much easier. <laughs> I didn't have an issue with all that, but it is nice to end it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. Submitting tickets on other people's behalf, mainly Jason Gibson. Uh, that's a good thing. to <laughs> You can tell. Hey, you know, when he was occasional part time, I deleted a lot of stuff as him and I no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so if, if you don't know what I left, when I, uh, when I left the integrous organization I worked for, I, I stayed on as an occasional part-time for a long time. So they kept my, you know, my permissions live and just in uh, case I needed to go in and adjust some application that I built or 
you know, which actually I don't think it ever went live. But anyway, um, <laughs> but it just, so that there's something I needed to tweak or help them with or something like that. Yeah, and aside uh, from the every, uh, you know, was it what was it, Brent? Seventy-two hour password reset or so is how long he would last. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. But um, hey. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so. No, the impersonation is nice. I um, the impersonations do get audited, so we 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 have that auditing, so we can make sure that nobody's impersonating people they shouldn't be. Yeah, that's I mean, that's another thing. Role. Is it isn't it just tied to admin, or is it a separate role? It is a separate no, it, role now. As role of, it used to not be. No, it didn't used to be, but as of oh gosh three or four versions back. I can't remember when yeah. it came, but it is a role that you can give out, but they can never impersonate a permission that's higher than themselves. So let's say I give it to uh, ITEL user. They try to impersonate me as the admin. They can impersonate me, but they can't do anything that they don't have permissions to do. Yeah, I think it was Kingston when they started separating those permissions out on a lot of I stuff. think so, yeah. It, but it, it, one of the nice things to like about it is, is I give that impersonation to like people that I need to do have to have do testing that I trust that are say ITIL. Uh, I gave, I actually gave it to ITIL admin or ITIL admin people. I gave them the impersonation role, uh, added it to that role, so it, it got inherited. So um, I wouldn't do that, but I did give well, it to our performance analytics writer or admin because right. when she writes dashboards that are like uh, per manager, she's but not how many managing. Do you have, have, how many people do you have that are ITIL admin? I have 72,000. No, none. No, I don't right. give ITIL admin to anybody. I, I have an I gave, issue. I gave ITIL admin to five people and included impersonation. <laughs> I, bear, I have a control issue and I don't let people have what? Very much permission in my system. You? That's no. It killed me to have to give Jason admin rights that first time. I only deleted a few tables. I only, I only shut you down. Deleted the a whole application, I Jason. Delete a whole application. But no, I, it was just because I didn't know anybody that I got put in that new group. I'm like, do I trust these people? But I ended up. I you shouldn't have you trusted guys. me. Or, no, you know. I do. I trust you guys. I mean, now, but back then. Yeah. I later, probably did not need the access I had. I just just I, say it. I was building custom applications. I'm not sure I should have been. I told you then when you deleted it that I was going to take admin rights away from you. So <laughs> like, do this again, and you will not have admin rights. Okay. <laughs> there is a difference between deleting all records and deleting the tables. So you learn that real quick. Yes. Everybody. And, and anytime you have to type the word delete. Stop. <laughs> yes. You would think the big red pop-up would be enough, folks, but no, no. If you have to type in it, that's when we read it. Well, that reminds me of uh, non-service now, but the the SharePoint, we got that ticket that one time where the user had deleted the entire SharePoint site, and we managed to restore it, but then we went back and counted how many times you had to say yes, I'm sure, <laughs> to actually do that. And it was multiple... Uh, like you would do it on one and then it would take you to a, are you really sure? And then yeah, you, it wasn't and like and just one. 
here's the things you're deleting. Are you sure you want to do all these again? <laughs> Plus several clicks of pop-up and new page and then another pop-up. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to, let's not share. No, it's too late at night and it's almost the weekend. I don't want to hear SharePoint again. Yeah, the, word, the word SharePoint, no. I mean, SharePoint, SharePoint, SharePoint. Past life. Oh, uh, having connection issue, guys. <laughs> I can't hear it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is something that would be nice, though, to, to kind of, and I have to do it on a lot of things, is like the cancel button on a lot of our tickets. If you hit cancel to cancel the ticket, it doesn't prompt you to say, are you sure you want to cancel this ticket? So I've had to modify those. It'd be nice if they did modify that so that those cancels prompted. Well, and to be honest, there are, when, when you're talking about the task, everything else is state driven and it's driven and button driven. So it would be nice if tasks were driven a little differently, like work in progress. You know, I don't know if you guys are feel the same way, but you, you know, with incident, you it, it, there's a process to it, not just one button close task and, and you're done, right? It, it's just it just would be nice to have a little bit more, you if know, you're wanting it for more than what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and do what it, yeah. True. But I've had to say how many requests I've had to add, you know, work in progress, right, to to it, you know, to send it to work in progress and then close the task after you complete it and have a complete task, you know. I usually just tell them to follow the process and it'll go through the right states. I'm not a nice person when it comes to them trying to modify my system. No, and, and, and you shouldn't be, to be honest. Let's be honest. You shouldn't be. You should. But if, a lot of times I get the same requests over and over and over yeah. from people that want to do certain things in different systems that I've managed over the years. And that's one of the things that I've had in, on multiple occasions that they – you know, dug their feet in and said, there's a business need and made me, and, and, and it got high enough that I had to change it. Right. Yeah. It sounds like it was really hard to get that one high enough. I like, <laughs> yeah. I like the same people that ask you the same question every time, every two weeks or so, or every week. Yeah, I'm that's all just, missing the best one, which are people who have worked at another place that has service <laughs> now. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, but uh, we did it this way in our other system. Yeah, and for that. anyone on this call who has said that and is currently blushing, it's like it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, you should tell me you did this at another company and it worked this way. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be able to replicate that. Right. It doesn't mean that we're telling me that's how it works. I'm not complaining about that. It's just expecting for me to hit, you know, a, it's not a checkbox, most likely, anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have tasks go through, you know, five different mm-hmm. other applications first and generate a Tony. It's, you know, it's probably <laughs> not that single click. Uh, <laughs> well, and it's custom, right? And, and, and we're always trying to say, say, we want to stay out of the box. We want to stay out of the box. So if we're going to try and stay out of the box, the answer to some of those things are going to be no. And I'm and I'm sorry. I know that works somewhere else that way, but I want to keep it as close to out of the box. So when I upgrade it, it's not a problem, right? So right. And, and if it makes sense and it's a cool thing we want to do, or it's a plugin that is not enabled, because that's what it ends up being a lot of times, in my opinion, is they'll say, "Well, it worked this way," and it's like, "Well, we don't have." you know, 
performance analytics, so you can't build KPIs, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah, you can, but okay. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, yes, I understand. Yeah. Uh, and if you keep it out of the box like you were trying, you can do an upgrade if you had to in two weeks or something. Right. But, yeah. It's, it's getting more and more important as they're getting more and more tough on the upgrades. I, this six months thing is killing me. Uh, it's going to start killing me, yeah. Well, and Especially I've with, never been a fan of skipping versions. I don't like skipping versions, but I've had to do it multiple times now because we just can't keep up with the upgrades. Well, the way they're I, doing it now, you you don't you can't skip a version because well, you can like, skip we can go one to Orlando version. right now, right? I can't even go to Paris yet, and they won't have patch one out before my instance is already set to upgrade to Orlando. Yep. So, and I don't do, or I guess I would if, you know, management told me, of course I would. You didn't do. (laughs) However, I would much prefer we not do that first release. Give me that first, at least the first patch. I try not to, but sometimes you kind of have to. And, you know, as stable as ServiceNow is, usually even before the first patch, most things work. I have very rarely ran into issues. I think in Ber- Berlin or what was the C one? Calgary. Yeah, Calgary. I think it was one of those two. I implemented before the first patch and ended up finding a pretty si- a significant issue, and they fixed it in a hot fix. But you know, uh, that's I. That was Calgary. We're now on New York, so I, I haven't found too many times that I've moved too quickly. I would, you know, I would say that they've, yeah. I'm assuming by now they've got that, at least the major stuff. I hope, yeah, for their sake, because hey, you know that's a pretty big deal if you're forcing us to do, yeah, do twice, Twi- twice a year like the of the, you, you know, like you, you, like even service now. I think I mentioned to you guys the other day that. Even even knowledge now, is, you, you know, it's not knowledge dedicated to. There's going to be another. There's going to be a whole version that is missed between knowledge. Yep. Right. Yeah. You know. So it's going to release, and the next one by the time you know they have the next knowledge, it'd be over Paris, and you know, Orlando <laughs> was completely skipped because it was in the middle of the year. Eight, right. Two releases right. a year, they're more stable. When they were doing the three releases a year. They would never, you know, that it was always on this date it was going to come out. Well, back then, it would come out and there'd be, it'd come out if it was working or not. So they'd push it and people would have issues. So they decided to do the more stable. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, I remember more stable, I I can tell you. What version was that that was a complete, was it Geneva? I mean, it was a complete failure i mean when i, I it, it just did not work it was there's so many bugs it was insane was it um well, i think there, that was that was the admin of that system not <laughs> just joking yeah there was one that came out recently it, that it, was, i forget what it was but, it was helsinki or jenny or something there was one that just and that they literally at the next knowledge they apologized for yeah i think i and, skipped that one yeah, and, and, and so they were like, yeah, we're really sorry about that, and we've put thing, measures in place, and we wouldn't have that problem anymore, and it really has gotten better. So, oh, 
it's better than whenever they did the three release, the summer, spring, and yeah. winter, yeah. or whatever it was. Going um, back to fanboy mode, it's impressive that they have that release schedule that they've kept it up for as long as they have, as few bugs as they have. Yep. Um, yeah, that's what I was kind of getting to is, yeah. you know, uh, you get a, a hot fix or you get a uh, patch from Microsoft, you get hot fixes for the next month to try to fix them. Right. You used you to. Have I don't know patch. now. Yeah, I'm not they, that much they, into Windows. They have the, the agile ideology down. Yeah. ServiceNow, however, you get an upgrade. Usually there's not a whole lot of patches that they have to do for major in- issues after that. Yeah, it's pretty much right. just new modules, right? Yeah. yeah. That's really the only stuff that has, or at least that right. I see in the patch note, that like whenever they have a, a partial patch or whatever, it's usually just something, yep. whatever new, new big uh, thing. I will have to say, if you put in a, a ticket and they attach it to a problem, that problem usually is fixed in the next two or three months where other systems, yeah, they never got fixed. That's definitely so. one thing that I like about them is that they have the huge release cycle or the, the aggressive release cycle, but they are listening to what people are saying during that release cycle. Yep. They really are. They do a great Unlike job. Microsoft, where for a while there, all they did between upgrades was remove features that were useful. And I think, and I haven't been on any, you know, exceptionally high dollar, uh, well, well, not where I had a high access, I guess I should say. Uh, but whenever I put a support ticket in, like, unlike the other companies we share on name, like Microsoft, Oracle, <clears throat> they, the first premier level, or sorry, that is way too specific. The first level you get <laughs> is not, you know, service now, <laughs> I get directed to someone related to that task within the first couple updates. Yeah. Yeah. They, they know what they're talking about usually. Yeah. Yeah. I just got yeah, done talking to the domain separation people uh, yesterday and my ticket was in and I went straight to the domain separate. It didn't go through, you know, Dave, the, the intern or whatever, who had to try to troubleshoot with the common KB steps or whatever. Yeah, they had a script that they had to go through. And yeah, yeah. When you I answered one of the questions off offhand and kind of threw them off, they didn't know how to finish the script. Yeah. I've run into those. Well, sometimes I've been, I've been, they push. Like she, she went and we, we figured out the main thing. And then I had a, a best practice type question. Not really a best practice. I had a question on if I turn something off, you know, what, what am I actually doing whenever I turn that off? And she didn't know off the top of her head. And so she went and reached out to the actual developers on that team. And uh, two days later, I got the update and they're like, you should probably leave that on unless you really think you have a use case for turning it off. Because if you ever do want to turn it on later, uh, you'll, you'll have a lot more problems. So yep. I just appreciate that it's not, I don't have, or at least I don't feel, maybe that person really was not a domain specialist and just had a very good KB in front of them. Uh, but it felt like I was talking to someone who actually knew their stuff. And if, they're, if their KBs are that good, then I'm good with that, too. Yeah, I, don't, I have access. Yeah, yeah, if they have KBs that people are actually <laughs> finding useful, then yep. more power to them. <laughs> I, it feels so much better than back whenever Randy mentioned SharePoint. I'm living all these nightmares in my head again. It's been years <laughs> since I talked about it. Uh, but anytime you need support, I mean, or actually better than that, we had a liquid office. If anyone out there is familiar with liquid office, which got Microsoft like a decade. I don't know if it was a decade. It was many years prior to when we called needed to call and get support on it. 
there's like two guys in all of Microsoft and getting to those two guys took us two weeks or whatever. It was horrible. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know, it's their KBs were obviously not as well. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to throw a caveat out there. I do love Microsoft. They've made me a lot of money over the years. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when things break, I actually love them just because C Sharp and ASP.NET. I, uh, you had job security with Project Server and SharePoint, so yeah. I mean, that got me uh, back into real, like corporate level IT. I was just, I was doing small level. You know, I, I was writing programs for a call center. You know, that's that's what I was before I got into SharePoint. And then I realized very quickly I didn't want to be in SharePoint anymore. And that got me <laughs> now. So, well, and, and I, it's funny because um, I was the last organ, uh, one of the organizations I worked with. They're like, so, hey, you know, part of our division is going to be uh, in SharePoint. And so do you know anything about SharePoint? And my response was, nope, <laughs> yeah, no. not at all. Not a thing. Your response should be. SharePoint for don't know how to turn it on. <laughs> you were upsetting by 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 talking negatively about it. Uh, one, you're fooling yourself. But two, <laughs> it really like it served its purpose, right? It's yeah. just I think that purpose got twisted just because of how how much a super user could really do, especially in the earlier like 2003 and all that stuff. Like you, they could do so much. Well, it was super powerful, but no governance out of the box. And so, you know, it became a wild west that was some parts of it were really, really good. And some parts suck. I think it, it like I, I, I relate it to the same thing of someone who's ever had to work with AD and upgrading AD or even just discussing upgrading active directory where it's been there for, and probably exchange. I've never done exchange, but I'm going to assume it's along the same lines of how horrible it is to try to upgrade because you've had it since 2003 or whatever. And it was not, you know, 2003 data recovery (laughs) or even documentation versus, you know, 2020 uh, or the people who watch this in five years, 2025, the documentation level is quite different. So, and the expectation for just the software itself. Yeah. So it's really not fair, I guess, to say it was a horrible platform. Maybe if somebody started a fresh, what what is the new SharePoint online or 20, whatever the new version is called. If somebody started that, maybe it'd be great. Uh, I just know coming from a place where we had to, we were upgrading out of ops, uh, being obsolete. Uh, I, you know, I still use it all the time with uh, with our Office 365 subscription and Power Apps. It's it's extremely useful to me, but it's it's not it's the same use case as it was back, you know, back then necessarily. Uh, you know, Microsoft is a lot more unified now than they used to be. It used to be the different departments were completely islands you know and uh, so exchange didn't know what sql did and everything like that and they started kind of unifying that thinking you know if we're making all these things maybe they should act like they're made by the same company and uh, and then someone came up with the ribbon idea during that whole thing someone what came up with the ribbon idea for office yeah ribbon is the greatest piece of technology ever made what are you talking about I will. <laughs> okay, so I digress. <laughs> Gonna go ahead and close the sarcasm tag there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just surprised it stuck around as long as I have. But anyway, back to the topic. This has been a 
This has been all over the podcast. <laughs> this has been an interesting podcast. Yeah, so uh, we love all you viewers, and I'm sorry. Or, uh, just ahead of time there. Uh, no. <laughs> if you've made it this long, thank you. We appreciate right. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you made it this long, you deserve a, a badge or something. Yes. Yeah. Get a green ribbon. Participation. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, all right. right. So, well, this was fun. It was. It was. I, we appreciate all of you joining us. And please, as you can tell, we, we love talking about all kinds of topics. So, you know, send us a note on LinkedIn, send us whatever information that uh, that you that you have to uh, for let us contact you. We'd love to have you on the podcast. If you have something to talk about, that'd be awesome. If uh, if you want us to cover a topic, send us some information on that. And we will cover, uh, try and cover the topic that that, that you're wanting. Um, so thank you for joining us. And until next time, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank it's you, been fun. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Direct all SharePoint related questions to Jason Gibson. Right. <laughs> Yes, expert. Yeah, at Jason Gibson. I don't know if that's his Twitter, but there's probably one out there, so send it to them. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, because that's not mine. <laughs> I'm sure they'll answer. Oh, all right. We want to thank our flagship sponsor for this show, the Sharpstone Group, LLC. Sharpstone is your source for all of your service now needs. Implementation, development, administration, strategy, and architecture. Contact the Sharpstone Group today at info at sharpstonegroup.com or 405-594-0100. We'd love to answer your questions or have you on the show. Contact us at servicesharp at sharpstonegroup.com or find our LinkedIn info in the notes. Additional sponsorship opportunities are available.